0: stop you shoot for the sun and break on through so the following message is brought to, to you by Marco Cabono, president new national news. federation of the blind you can live the life, the
1: life you want, want. Yes, we know the truth. thank you very much pam and greetings fellow federationists today is thursday june 4 2020 and this is presidential release number 495, and the Federation is alive with activity like, uh, gosh, uh, almost like no other time in our organization's history. I am so proud of uh, the activities that are going on. We do have a lot to talk about tonight and reflect upon, so I want to jump right in, but I'm so proud of The work that's happening in the organization right now, we've had some great victories over the last month, uh, making sure that uh, we continue to connect and protect blind people across the country. I'm sure you've seen uh, many of our press releases. Quite proud of our work with blind students across the country to uh, get access to the advanced placement exams. Available from the College Board working with some blind students across the country. We were able to get an agreement uh, Not too long ago about a week ago uh, To make sure that these students can get braille and tactile graphics hard copy braille and tactile graphics. So very exciting also We are working actively on access to voting in so many places. We've had um, some interim victories in New York, a great victory in Michigan, some great work uh, getting uh, a ballot in the mail-in efforts in Pennsylvania in very short order. We are working very hard not just to promote equal access to voting, but making it happen in so many places, and we're working in a number of other states very actively With our Federation affiliates to make sure that we uh, protect the sacred right of voting for blind people. And this week I'm really excited that our National Federation of the Blind Braille Enrichment for Literacy and Learning in-home edition is happening for the first time ever. It is incredible. We have 45 Uh, young people who are participating. Hopefully some of them are on this call this evening. So a shout out to our our bell ringers out there. Uh, We sent them a huge box of stuff. I thought about going through the box here on the release, but it would have taken well an hour. I have just one thing here, the Monza game, which we uh, have provided with uh, tactile accessible materials right inside the box. This is just one thing in a huge box. Honestly, I couldn't get it on camera, it was too big. So uh, very excited about the work happening with our families. And if uh, you know of families, they have not missed out yet. We have two more sessions available this summer that are coming right up. So please encourage families to go to nfb.org bell to uh, register for one of our upcoming two week in-home edition programs. Also, um, you know that the board of directors previously um, put a stay on in-person federation meetings through May 31st or as local conditions uh, call for. We have sent a communication now to all of our affiliate presidents advising our affiliates to make that decision uh, based on the local conditions and to continue to coordinate with the national organization. Uh, I do expect that we're going to continue to have uh, virtual meetings for a while in some places, and in I would think all places continue to have uh, virtual participation along with our in-person meetings. But I am excited that in some places we might be able to continue to open up, or start to open up, uh, to having some in-person gatherings, even if small gatherings. And I would encourage everybody to continue to follow the best practices in terms of wearing masks and keeping yourselves in our, all of our members safe. Well, when we're thinking about virtual meetings, we're thinking about the National Federation of the Blind 2020 Convention. There are 11 days left to register for our convention. You do not want to be left out of the registration group, so please go to nfb.org convention and register before June 15th. Uh, that's when it closes and you're going to want to get in before that. Affiliates should be reaching out to members to make sure that uh, everybody has access and if for some reason people don't have access to be able to register we should help them uh, register. Uh, We do want to continue to make sure that we don't uh, register multiple individuals on the same email address and so to do that there are a couple things you can do. First of all on the website, nfb.org slash convention. There is an accessible fillable pdf that uh, can be filled out and sent in via email or could be mailed in but we'll be happy to take it via email and you can fill that out for every individual that uh, is registering. That does not require an email address. The second way is uh, you can reach out to the team here and we can send you a spreadsheet if you want to log multiple registrations um, on a single spreadsheet. You can reach out to Susan Scar to get that. Again, keep in mind the June 15 deadline. Susan's email address is sskaarer at nfb.org. And if you don't get any of this, you can look back at the uh, transcript later. Let me give you some interesting numbers just to spur on our affiliates a little bit more. It's kind of, it's unusual that we would release these numbers in advance. The total number of individuals registered to date. Well, let me skip that for a second. Let me give you the top 10s first. Um, uh, To be in the top 10, you got to have at least 100 people registered at 99, People registered is Pennsylvania, number 10. Number nine, South Carolina with 105. Number eight, Pam, Louisiana with, oh, I'm sorry, I said South Carolina had 108. It's 105. Pam, Louisiana is number eight with 107. They're right on your heels. Number seven, New Jersey with 118 people registered. Number six, Colorado with 123. Look at this in the top five. Number five, Ohio with 147. Great work, Ohio. You are uh, got a shot maybe of catching up to number four, which is California, 183 folks. That's pretty good for a small state like California. Uh, number three is Arizona though, ahead of the small California. 191. Number two, number two, Maryland. Come on, Maryland. Number two, 254 people registered in number one at the moment. Number one is Texas with 264. So Maryland's 10 behind Texas. Come on, Maryland, you can do it. Uh, Congratulations, Texas, to leading at the moment the registration numbers. Total registered to date. As of earlier today, 3,214 individuals. Now keep in mind last year in Las Vegas, we registered in person 3,284 people. And just letting you know, Pam, our biggest convention ever in person, 3,347 New Orleans. So I have a feeling that uh, by the end of the week, New Orleans uh, might be blown out of the water. Uh, but what states will be in the top 10? You know, there are some uh, missing states. I understand small ones like New York not making it in the top 10, but some of the other states out there might be able to get into the top 10 before it's all said and done. I would encourage everybody to register and get people to register. A um, few facts about convention real quick. Uh, you know that our convention's happening July 14 to 18. Uh, we have decided that our primary platform is going to be the Zoom interface. And you're experiencing some of that right now with the Zoom webinar. We have checked out a lot of things and uh, settled on Zoom as our best case scenario with uh, the circumstances as they are. You're gonna wanna be registered to make sure you um, can take advantage of special announcements and deals and especially door prizes and other benefits. So get registered to be plugged into that. Our general sessions will also be streamed uh, via the web in a variety of ways, and um, as we can um, plug in uh, different ways to make that internet stream available, we do, we will in the, in the five weeks that we have leading up to it. Now when I say general sessions, these are the traditional general sessions that we have streamed in the past. That's the NFB board meeting, that's all of the general plenary sessions, and of course, The banquet. So uh, you don't have to get on Zoom or the telephone to do that, Uh, for the general sessions you'll be able to uh, get uh, on board with just listening to the internet stream if you want to do that. We should help all of our members get connected to these activities. We are planning to offer uh, options for voting amongst registered members of the convention, so you want to be registered, you want to be a member of the organization, we're still working out the exact details, but if you're not registered, it's going to be more difficult to have you participate in the voting process during the convention. Uh, we do need door prizes, and uh, we want you to send them in advance, or we have provided affiliates with instructions about what to do. If uh, you prefer to ship them from where you are, please coordinate with your affiliate president. They have all the info about that. We do need uh, door prizes, and we do have a secure way of providing uh, cash and gift card door prizes to winners. You're going to want to be logged on though to make sure that you can get those door prizes. We're going to be promoting the PAC plan at the convention. This is our pre-authorized contribution program. It's a way to support the organization on a monthly basis, so be thinking about what you can do related to the PAC plan. Scott Labar will be sending out information soon. About that. I do want to welcome the National Federation of the Blind of Connecticut Association of Blind Students as well as the NFB of Indiana's Circle City chapter and the NFB of Ohio Cuyahoga County chapter all recently got on the PAC plan. Thank you for your support. I want to remind you about our Give 20 campaign. That's Give $20 campaign. In lieu of our traditional convention raffles, if you give a $20 donation between now, actually it started some time ago, and noon on July 18th eastern time, uh, you will be entered into the Kenneth Jernigan convention drawing, which uh, will make you eligible for a great prize. You could win an opportunity to go to our 2021 convention somewhere in the country. You will get round trip transportation for two to the 2021 NFB convention as well as hotel at the convention, uh, our our convention registration, uh, banquet tickets for two and what we call $1,000 and walking around money. Uh, and so it's a great benefit just for giving a charitable contribution to the Federation. Imagine if everybody uh, listening right now just gave $20, uh, it would help the Federation a great deal. So go on, give $20, get your friends uh, to contribute $20 or more, there's no upper limit, uh, as long as it's in your bank account, and uh, you can be eligible for this uh, great prize that's acknowledgement really, a gift to our donors uh, and we look forward to, to awarding that. Uh, there is additional information and rules that can be found on our website at nfb.org slash convention. Um, I do want to really again encourage you to plan to set aside these five days of the convention as convention days. Uh, we want you to participate actively in all the convention, not just dip in and dip out plan to make it a five-day convention like you would normally. We're anticipating that the agenda will be out in about three weeks, that's June 25th or so. It's possible, it could be out earlier, but we're planning on that. That's about two weeks from the convention, so uh, you'll have some time to uh, check out the agenda, what's on it, and uh, map out how you're going to spend those five days and uh, you should talk about how you're going to spend them on our social on your social media channels by using the hashtag NFB20. Uh, I also want to let you know that there is going to be an NFB choir that's doing some virtual rehearsing in advance of the convention. Pretty cool project, and uh, rehearsals for that start well tomorrow. So if you want to be part of the NFB choir for a convention, you got to. Uh, Get a hold of Rachel Greider, who is a member of ours in California. For more information, you can reach Rachel at her email address. It's rachel.greider at gmail.com. That's r-a-c-h-e-l dot g-r-i-d-e-r at gmail.com. Rachel.greider at gmail.com. Finally, I know if I forget this, um, Pam will virtually kick me under the table. We will have the Rookie Roundup meeting, and get this, the Rookie Roundup meeting, because we're all virtual convention rookies, will happen on Tuesday, July 7 at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Tuesday, July 7, 8.30 Eastern Time. Uh, be there. Pam has uh, promised all sorts of interesting things if you want to preview and make sure you are in tune with what you're going to need to do to participate in our five-day convention. Speaking of virtual meetings, uh, to transition here I do want to give a shout out to the National Federation of the Blind of Missouri that's going to be our first virtual state affiliate convention which kicks off tomorrow. So congratulations to Missouri on leading the way. Now We need your help with our National Federation of the Blind Newsline program. We're undertaking a major project to look at Newsline, what we do with it, what the future of it is going to be, and we need you to participate in some surveys and focus groups about it. Now we want you to do so if you're a subscriber to Newsline, but also if you don't subscribe to Newsline, we really need you to fill out our survey, participate in our focus groups to know why you don't participate, what would help you participate, what information do you want, where do you get your news sources, how can we build the Newsline program for the next 25 years of our organization through our 100th anniversary. Uh, the surveys will be open through June 10, so just another week, so we really need you to get on this and do this. You can find them at http colon slash slash S-G-I-Z dot M-O-B-I slash S3 slash NFB Newsline. I know it's a horrible address. Uh, You can find it again in the notes, but also it's been on our listservs. It's circulating. Please go on and fill out the surveys. And we still need 20 individuals who are not currently subscribed to Newsline to join our focus groups. If you're interested in participating in a focus group, we anticipate it's going to take about 90 minutes of your time. We really need your feedback and in the focus group format, not just the the kind of static survey. We need to hear from you quite quickly though, so if you could reach out to John Perre, if you're not a subscriber of Newsline, if you'd like to participate in the focus groups, by tomorrow, that's Friday, June 5, by noon Eastern Time. John can be reached at our main number here, 410 659 9314, extension 2218, or at jpare at nfb.org. Give him your name and contact information, and he'll be happy to. Um, Get you in the consideration for our focus groups and thank you for your feedback on our NFB Newsline program. I'm happy to announce that our partners at Lyft are continuing to provide support to blind people in this uh, critical time. They've offered us in the National Federation of the Blind another coupon worth $25 per user to assist blind people Uh, during the month of June. Our affiliate presidents have the code available and can work with you to make sure that these codes get to blind people to be used to support uh, activities during the month of June. We want to make sure we use them before July 1st, so speak with your affiliate president. If you know someone who needs that support or if you need that support to undertake Uh, activities during the month of June, especially related to to COVID or building the organization or really getting the assistance that you need to continue as we bring life into whatever the new normal is. There are a limited quantity of these available, so please work with your affiliate president on this. Now, just because we're working with Lyft on this, don't think that we have stopped monitoring uh, both Uber and Lyft, in terms of their discrimination against blind people who use service animals. We, in fact, have not. And we need you to continue to fill out our Rideshare survey so that we can collect data about discrimination against blind people with service animals in Rideshare. We need you to go to nfb.org, slash Rideshare, test, or you can also find the information very easily in our NAGDU app from our national division. But please continue to fill out um, surveys about your experiences with both Lyft and Uber in terms of um, service animals and potential discrimination. Good or bad, we wanna hear from you. The work of our membership committee continues and we have another open house gathering coming up on June 10 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you or someone you know is not yet a member of the Federation, wants to learn more about membership, what it means, uh, what the truth is about the National Federation of the Blind and what we do, you should send an email to membership at nfb.org to register for the June 10 open house and you will be sent information. I know Pam Allen is gonna be hosting that, so it's gonna be a great event. Uh, Go uh, demystify uh, what the Federation is about and I encourage everyone to consider being a member of the organization if you are not already. I wanna tell you real quickly about a new partnership we have with an entity called Pina, P-I-N-N-A. Uh, Pina is an on-demand audio streaming service uh, that provides hundreds of hours of content uh, targeted specifically at children age, ages 3 to 12. So this is great for families, uh, blind parents who are trying to work with uh, kids at home now, our uh, parents of blind children. This is a great resource and they've started a partnership with the Federation. Their programming includes podcasts, audiobooks, and music. Uh, Pina is providing a a 60-day free trial to members of the National Federation of the Blind using promo code NFBGET60, NFBGET60. You uh, need to create a new account, so this is only available to new uh, folks that haven't used Pinna before, you need to create a new account via the website at pinna.fm/slash promo. That's pinna.fm/slash promo. And when you go there, uh, you'll need to put in the promo code NFB get60 in step two of the account creation process. This is a great new partnership. I, include, I encourage families to, to check it out. One of the reasons this partnership comes about is because PINNA offers a podcast uh, known as Opal Watson Private Eye, which is a PINNA original podcast. It says here about it, uh, she is curious, brave, and persistent, and she happens to be blind. At age 11, she already has her own thriving mystery-solving business. Quite intriguing. The uh, lead character is blind, that's Opal, and Opal is uh, voiced also by a blind person, Maya Graves. So pretty cool to have a blind character uh, leading a podcast voiced by a blind person. A number of our members have provided feedback on this uh, podcast and the reflection of blindness in it. I haven't listened to it myself, but some people I love and trust have and, and they say you should check it out. I look forward to uh, listening and I'll probably do so after the convention. I do want to acknowledge um, those who participate in our Dream Maker Circle. And this month, we want to welcome Jean uh, Rauschenbach of Moline, Illinois, the n- latest member to join our Dream Maker Circle. This is a way of making um, a commitment to make an end of life gift to the Federation, put us in a will. Um, put us in as a beneficiary. It helps us to preserve the longevity and sustain the organization by knowing that we can rely on gifts in the future. So thank you to Gene and to all of our Dream Maker Circle participants. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, our efforts on this day, a national day of mourning, uh, to support members of the Federation who are black. A few days ago, I put out a letter, an open letter to members under the title of Love Conquers Hate, and if you haven't read that letter, I encourage you to do so. It speaks to my own reflections on racial justice, what's happening in the country, and the work of the National Federation of the Blind and what each and every one of us in this organization can do within our movement to make sure that we give love to our members uh, who most need it, especially at this time. I've been spending time talking to our black leaders in the Federation. Our national board has been engaged in these discussions, uh, working with our diversity and inclusion committee, to talk about what we do at this time in our nation's history and with this movement to make a difference in uh, what, at least in the last week for me, has seemed like uh, a very insurmountable barrier in our nation. So I encourage you to look at the open letter, reflect on it. It shares a lot of my thoughts and what we can very personally do in this organization. It speaks to the members of the organization and the commitment that we make to each other. But tonight on this release, uh, we are uh, releasing a public statement from the National Federation of the Blind, which I'm going to share with you in a moment, that reflects um, the real commitment of this organization to to work internally, uh, but also to be champions uh, externally in the organization by demonstrating what we do to be inclusive, to uh, weed out uh, racism, to make sure that we're not just talking about uh, what we need to do, but we're putting real action behind it. Um, Our board of directors has unanimously adopted this statement. Uh, You'll find it on our website now, we're sharing it in social media and I will share it with you now as a reflection of the solidarity we have with our black members. National Federation of the Blind stands in solidarity with all those impacted by racial injustice. Baltimore, Maryland, June 4, 2020. For 80 years, the National Federation of the Blind has viewed addressing discrimination and promoting equality as essential elements of our work. Today, we stand in solidarity with the black community in their fight for justice and in their pursuit of equal treatment under the law. We condemn the continued murders of black Americans, including those of Ahmoud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. Further, we acknowledge that these horrific deaths represent a vile and long-standing pattern of institutionalized racism that permeates the criminal justice system. While there are police officers who are doing good work, the fact remains that black and brown individuals are disproportionately impacted by police brutality, unfairly condemning people of color to prison cells and graveyards. As a civil rights organization with a diverse membership, we strive to grow in our understanding of conditions that affect us. Throughout our history, we have participated in civil disobedience and honor the value that it holds to bring about social change. We are firmly committed to enacting our organizational diversity statement Which in part expresses, We recognize that our views and convictions will be challenged, and we expect this challenge to take place in a climate of tolerance and mutual respect in order to maintain a unified organization. Recognizing That this is a time of intense grief, a time of learning, a time of reflection. We stand with our members who are in pain, and we pray not only for peace, but for justice. We stand in solidarity with our black members and publicly commit to do anti-racist work within our organization. We ask our non-black members to take the time to self-reflect in ways we can participate to create an anti-racist world with you in love. With you in justice, we affirm that black lives matter. This is an important statement and an important moment for our movement. We're an organization that works on behalf of blind people. And in this moment, we recognize that we're also not blind to color. We recognize with this statement the systemic discrimination that does exist and we make a pledge to do more about it by starting right here within our organization, being thoughtful, having hard conversations, finding ways to heal each other in this movement as a starting point for the rest of the nation. I'm sure if you're like me, You've been wrestling with what's happening in our nation. You've also been cheering on, maybe even actively participating in actions across the country to vocalize that pain and help demonstrate that real peaceful uprising. Uh, It is necessary for us to make change. This statement is an important one not only for our members, but to tell the rest of the nation that we as a civil rights organization realize, recognize and are committed to the fact that racism does not have a place in our organization or in our nation. And that's consistent with the code of conduct that we have adopted and have been advancing in our organization now for some time. I encourage our chapters to uh, discuss this statement discuss the open letter that I wrote and what we can do as an organization of blind people in advancing our mission to make sure that we are reflecting the diversity of blind people across the country. You know, blindness does not select for race or uh, any other characteristic. And so we get to set the example. We have the opportunity to set the example for the rest of the nation. And I'm proud of our organization uh, taking on this statement today on this National Day of Mourning. And I want all of us to remember it's rooted in what we said in our open letter. It's been on the top of our building on our rooftop sign for the last week or so. Love conquers hate. And this is our opportunity to contribute to that in a significant way. I do have a few Federation family notes uh, that I need to share with you before we get into some questions and answers, which I'm looking forward to. We do have two strong contributors to the Federation who passed away in our Georgia affiliate in the last month. I want to acknowledge uh, Max Parker, who was 75, of Albany, Georgia, who passed away on Saturday, May 9th. Also, uh, Barbara King, who was a longtime federationist of our Decatur area chapter in the NFB of Georgia, passed away on Sunday evening after a long illness. I also uh, want to acknowledge David and Sadie Carrillo, members in Utah, who lost their son, Lucien, Lucian was just three years old. I encourage you to keep these members and the ones we may not know of in your thoughts and prayers, and certainly all of our members who are feeling very painful experiences at this time. And I do, again, take a moment to acknowledge our members who have been impacted by COVID-19. I got to end with a couple of celebratory notes, though, before we go into questions. Uh, Faith and David Waybrice, uh, right here from our Baltimore chapter, welcomed Elizabeth Rose, born on Tuesday, May 26th at 9.50 a.m. Elizabeth weighed in at 7 pounds, 6 ounces, and 20.5 inches long. Elizabeth and her Parents are doing well. Congratulations to the Waybrice and welcome to Elizabeth. Also want to uh, note that Danielle and Cameron uh, Frampton of Salt Lake City, Utah, are proud to announce the birth of Keita Aloni Frampton who was born on May 21st, weighing in at seven pounds, 12 ounces, just eked out Elizabeth there by six ounces, weighing in at 12 pounds, uh, 12 pounds. Let's try that again, seven pounds. Sorry, it wasn't that big of a difference. Seven pounds and 12 ounces and uh, 20.5 inches long, just like Elizabeth, so congratulations, to both of these families, and I would like to welcome Keda and Elizabeth as the newest members of the National Federation of the Blind. Pam, I think that's what I had to offer at the moment. I'm looking forward to uh, the questions that you might have for me, so I'm turning it back to you.
0: Thank you so much, President Riccobono, and I want to say I couldn't be more proud than I am tonight to be a Federationist as we stand together in solidarity with our Black members, and thank you for your commitment at all levels. So speaking of new members and welcoming people to our family, I want to give everybody the results of our poll, and thanks to everyone who participated. So here are the results. First of all, um, for those who are have been a member for one to five years, that was 3%. I, I apologize. Yeah, one to five years, I'm sorry, that was 22%. One to five years, 22% of our members, 6 to 10 years, 19% of those who responded, 11 to 15 years as a member, 11%, and more than 15 years as a member, 42%. Um, we also, those who are new, that one to five years was 3%, and those who are not yet a member of organization, we're so glad that you're joining with us tonight, that's 3%, so thanks so much for participating in our poll this evening, and I want to thank everybody for the questions that have been submitted. Prior to this presidential release and this evening, just a reminder quickly too that everyone is on mute and cannot unmute themselves. So if you are called upon to ask a question, you'll be unmuted and then you'll be to ask the question and then it again so after you ask it. Just another reminder that if you want to s- submit a question, you can go to the Q&A feature. That's if you're using the desktop app or the phone app. And if you do not have access to the Q&A section in that way, you can email C Danielson, c-d-a-n-i-e-l-s-e-n, at nfb.org. So we've been talking about the importance of having our voices heard. And so President Okobono, we have a question about voting and what we are in the Federation doing to address vote by mail issues that might come up, making sure that we have access during this time when voting is so widely discussed so that we can make sure that we can have options for voting, um, that we, how are we dealing with that as an organization.
1: Great, thanks uh, Pam for that question. Uh, Voting is, has long been uh, a priority of ours and um, the Federation now for oh gosh, Uh, the last two decades almost since the Help America Vote Act was enacted about 18 years ago, we've been uh, operating a protection and advocacy program to work on expanding access to voting for blind voters. We have been leading the way in um, pushing the edges of what access to voting means. Uh, We've brought a number of cases in Maryland and Ohio and New York and Michigan and Uh, we're threatening cases elsewhere right now to work on the uh, mail-in ballot issue. We're pushing for um, potentially electronic signatures so you don't have to physically sign the document. You can uh, sign it another way. Um, We're pushing for electronic submission of mail-in ballots, so not just mailing it back. Uh, We're also making sure that we're protecting Uh, blind people that don't have access to a computer to fill their ballot out online, that there are polling places that are open. If you have watched the Sunday shows, the uh, governor here in Maryland uh, specifically called out blind voters as uh, speaking very loudly uh, about needing uh, a public polling place to go to. that wasn't just blind voters, that was the National Federation of the Blind. Luann Blake is our primary staff member that deals with voting issues, monitoring them, and giving technical assistance to our affiliates, guiding those discussions. So if you're looking for resources, you can find them on our website. You can reach Luann Blake here at our national office. She would love to talk to you. I know that um, pretty much every affiliate is, is working actively on this and it's, uh, it's a tricky situation as states are rushing to figure out what they're going to do to make sure that people can vote and with the uncertainty in the fall. So I would continue to, to follow the activities in your state, work with your state affiliate and the state affiliates will coordinate with our national organization. I should also say that in November, well, we need everybody to vote. That's first and foremost. Uh, You got to get registered. We need you to vote. We need as many people to vote as possible to continue to advance um, opportunities for the blind. We need blind people participating in the process. This November, we'll be doing a survey we've now done in presidential elections going back better than a decade. We're going to do a survey on the voting experience, and we have the best Longitudinal data set about blind voters. So we'll need you to participate in that too So share your experiences with your affiliate and we'll coordinate and we'll continue to expand voting everywhere for blind people I'm pretty proud of the victories that we've had over the just the last month alone on this on this issue
0: well, Definitely show the power of us working together. So our next question is related to a question about audio description and if what are we doing, the National Federation of the Blind, to encourage services like YouTube to enable audio description?
1: So, um, this is certainly a conversation we've had uh, with uh, various entities. Uh, we have a very good relationship, of course, with Netflix. That's, I guess, at this point, Netflix is kind of leading the way in what they're doing around audio description. Um, Everett Bacon is a national board member of ours, and he really tracks this uh, for us and helps to um, push forward on these issues, including working with the FCC on issues like this. I would encourage you to reach out to Everett Bacon. He's president of our Utah affiliate to talk more in detail about this. And if there's particular targets that we need to be concerned about um, that aren't doing audio description or aren't doing it well, we should um, keep those in mind and we should think about how we continue to innovate uh, the industry around audio description, especially as it relates to essential information but also entertainment. So um, I would refer you to also a number of letters that we've written in support of audio description work at the federal level. You can find those on our website, so it's a good question.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. And I have another question. Um, This is from one of our leaders and members in Louisiana from our Baton Rouge chapter, Stephen Henry. And Stephen asks about current updates on internet accessibility. He, he asked this question and several others have mentioned having difficulties making reservations or conducting, uh, having trouble accessing different websites. And so what is, what are we doing in relation to internet accessibility?
1: Well, it's a a good question. Um, We have been working on web accessibility now, I think for more than 20 years. Um, So we're we're really working on all fronts of this issue. First of all, um, we've created the, the legal framework using the Americans with Disabilities Act. We've really led the way to make it clear that the internet is a place of public accommodations and that goes back now many decades. We're also working um, with uh, web developers to try to raise the standards, uh, promote the WCAG standards, uh, promote training through our Center of Excellence in Non-Visual Access right here in Baltimore, uh, doing distance training, but also providing resources, and um, of course, advocacy through our affiliates. The best way that that we collectively Can move web accessibility is for you to raise it when you come across it. Reach out to those companies. Um, Let them know that you had the experience. Ask them why their services aren't accessible. Uh, Give them the chance to to answer you, and if they don't, call them out on social media. Uh, The the standards are well established. Uh, We continue to push to get them uh, deeper into the Uh, fabric of our nation. Uh, I wrote a letter earlier this year on behalf of the Federation. We noticed that the government had adopted the 508 refresh, but it hadn't been fully integrated into the federal standards documents as it should have been. We pushed on that and we notice now that they are working on it. So we continue to work both in the advocacy level, the teaching and awareness level, we're working with a number of university partners on integrating it more into the teaching program so that the students that are getting computer science degrees today are getting um, an increasing exposure to web accessibility to know that it, it, it needs to be part of the design process. The problem, of course, is there are millions of websites and uh, it, it's a big hill to climb. But we are making great progress. I think that web accessibility is being talked about more and more, and you see um, now other people starting to bring cases about this. That's been in the news quite a bit, and the reason is we've already established it as law, and so we need we need companies to do it. Uh, we haven't supported the the wide. Um, uh, barrage of just suing people over web accessibility. Our approach is always to reach out first, let companies know they're getting it wrong, let them know what they've gotten wrong, and ask them to fix it uh, on a timeline that we ask them to to, uh, give us. Now, if you want to know more about web accessibility, I'd refer you to our website and our legal page. We post every agreement that we have. We do not sign confidential agreements. Uh, We've given the roadmap to people about how to be accessible because all of our uh, web accessibility case agreements are right on our website. You can find them. You can read them. The roadmap's there. Why people aren't doing it, it's a good question, Uh, but I think we are making good progress in this area, but I know as a blind person myself, I experience frustrations with this on a daily basis. Well, today, uh, I uh, wanted to go get a haircut, you know, it's the, it's the thing to seek out these days, and uh, had some web accessibility trouble on the internet, uh, but I worked through it, and uh, I talked to the provider about it earlier today.
0: Excellent, thank you so much. We have uh, several questions have come in about our independence market, and when that will be open, we apparently have lots of people in need of, in need of cane tips. <laughs> Great thing, my, my, very good thing.
1: Well, that's a great question, Um, an important question. I need a cane tip myself. Uh, So uh, we're waiting to see what the mayor of Baltimore is going to say tomorrow. Uh, Maryland has gone into um, what they call phase two of reopening, so that's very good. Uh, We are hoping to bring back our independence market staff. Uh, and they're going to need some time to do some some inventory work to get ready to open up the phones again and start taking orders. But I'm hopeful that before the month is out, uh, we'll be open again for business in the independence market and can start shipping things out. Uh, we know it's an important need and uh, we're working on it. So I'm going to be optimistic and say uh, maybe around, let's see, the Guess it'd be the 15th. So right as registration closes for the convention, we'll open up the independence market. That's our hope. Excellent,
0: and we do have some thank yous for the free white canes that have been going out. So thanks to, thanks to everyone who's been helping with that process during this time. Yeah. Uh, next question, we have a couple that are related to convention. First of all, and I'm very excited, I know everyone cannot wait, we're all counting down the days to that time. Question concerning the agenda. I know you referenced this earlier, but the question is in respect to whether the agenda will be available in a non-electronic format in some other way.
1: Uh, so, uh, great question, and Pam, you got to get people from Louisiana registered. You're falling behind <laughs> there. <Don't worry. laughs> uh, we are, of course, we'll make it available on NFB Newsline. Um, so it will be available in that form, and um, it's a good reason to uh, get registered for Newsline now if you're not already. Uh, that'll probably be our, our primary um, non-electronic way. We are planning to put up a BRF file so that uh, folks locally, uh, and I'd encourage this, our affiliates, if there are people that need help if getting uh, hard copy Braille, Uh, we are going to put the BRF files up to make that possible. So those I guess would be the two ways. We're not going to be shipping out braille but we will have the files available uh, you know as soon as we can and again our hope is by the 25th or so.
0: Okay and we have several people who have asked about whether they need their membership coins with them at to listen to the convention how we're going to incorporate membership coins. A lot of people are excited about that.
1: I, it's a good idea to have your membership coin. I wouldn't be caught hey, without right. it. Uh, I, 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 yes, of course you need your membership coin. I have no idea if we're going to have everybody bang on their computer with it, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't, uh, we haven't um, really thought about how to incorporate the membership coin, but I would encourage you to have it. It's a nice symbol. I carry it around with me, and uh, I, it, I enjoy having it. So I encourage you to do so just in case we think something up.
0: Okay. And several questions have come from around the country related to exhibit hall, what this what any updates on the exhibit hall and or affiliates selling items as is tradition at convention.
1: (laughs) Well, exhibit hall. Uh we are working hard on um having an exhibit hall. And uh We want to do something more than just put an announcement up on a web page, right, because that's easy to do. Uh, But we want to make sure we're adding value to the convention, to the members, but also to our sponsors and exhibitors. Um, The challenge is uh, accessible exhibit hall, virtual exhibit hall platforms out there, and and, um, finding, identifying them, and making sure they work in the time that we've had. So we're still Working on that, we're not exactly sure how it's going to look. Um, you know, we can always default to having a, a, a web page, but we want to do better than that. And of course, we want it to be fully accessible. So, still a challenge we're working on. We're hoping to have some information about that soon, and definitely we'll we'll push it out there. Um, we haven't uh, devised another way for affiliates to um, sell things. In and around the convention otherwise, Um, but if we have an exhibit hall that will certainly be part of the conversation. So stay tuned, I know it's coming close, but uh, there's a lot of work for us to to put this together and uh, we were just talking uh, here in the conference room uh, before we started that you know what we're trying to do with the virtual convention really not too many other organizations are attempting to do.
0: Excellent. Okay, and uh, another convention question. Will it our convention be able to be streamed on devices, Amaz- Amazon devices or other means? Uh,
1: yes, so we, we we do think that uh, the stream will be available on uh, devices like the Echo uh, We, again, don't have all of those details worked out, but that is our hope, and uh, we also potentially will make it available to folks that have, um, just for whatever reason, have trouble dialing in on Zoom. We um, are planning to have a means to make it available via telephone, alternatively from dialing into Zoom. So stay tuned for that information. Again, we're going to push it out as fast as possible, and we're really going to rely on our affiliates to um, share that information and make sure the members get connected with it.
0: Okay, again, I
1: just want to emphasize, though, the streaming is only going to be for the general sessions, so you got to be registered and uh you got to be able to get on zoom or the telephone to participate in all of the other parts of the convention you can imagine we have hundreds of meetings so streaming every single meeting uh would be an even larger undertaking than the one we're we're undertaking
0: all right excellent so much to look forward to for convention <laughs> so so uh, this question is relates to i know that we everyone has been working so diligently across our affiliates to provide such great contact via Zoom and via other means. So um, Dawn York asks, after the pandemic is over, will the NFB still sponsor virtual events? She um, she shares that she's extremely grateful for all the Zoom events that she's attended because it's helped her so much in many, many different ways.
1: Yes, I think the answer is clearly yes. Um, you know, we didn't have any time <laughs> to plan for uh, our response to COVID-19, but the federation has done what what we have so often do from the grassroots uh, all the way across the organization, has responded uh, with love and hope and determination and uh, has put together so many great activities and substantive advocacy, philosophy, support, again, connecting and protecting. So I think the virtual participation is is going to be um, in the fabric of our organization. And, uh, you know, there's no substitute for in-person meetings, but we also recognize especially with the speculation about what happens in the next six months or really 18 months uh, with wave two or three. And some pundits even talk about wave four of COVID, Uh, you know, a vaccine, all these questions are still hanging out there. We recognize that a number of our members are going to be more at risk than others. So our goal is active participation. So I envision that we're going to have a a combination of uh, in-person and virtual participation in our events, and we're gonna be figuring that out, like I mentioned earlier. Missouri's gonna have the first virtual affiliate convention uh, in another day. Uh, A number of affiliates are looking at that for the fall. We still have a lot to learn, and we're gonna try some things that aren't gonna work. We're gonna adjust, but I think um, our goal in this is to broaden participation, strengthen participation in the organization, deepen participation in the organization. So I think our virtual presence events are here to stay. Besides, uh, what would we do if we didn't have a Zoom meeting at least three times a week, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So true. And I've I've had the joy of popping in briefly to our our virtual Bell Academy, which has been awesome. So
1: I'm jealous. I haven't gotten there yet.
0: Kudos to all that are involved. So um, another another question um, concerning, we've had so many different th- questions concerning convention. Um, people are asking specifically where they can find different events listed in the, uh, when certain meetings will be. So uh, just a reminder about when the agenda will be hopefully posted so everybody stay stay tuned. I know that's yeah, come tuned. up several times. Yeah. And just so you're aware, President Kibone, we have lots of questions about door prizes. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> there will there will be door prizes and send your door prizes or um there is a method to uh to plan to have it shipped from where you are. So um affiliate presidents have information about that. Uh stay tuned. Um we're, we're, you're going to want to be tuned in to make sure you can get a door prize. There's some pretty spectacular door prizes too.
0: So. Okay. We've got a lot, got a lot of questions about fit breaks. I'm, I'm sure we'll have those still too.
1: Oh yeah. There'll be fit breaks. Uh, yeah, We're going to need them, you know, to get up and stretch <laughs> from sitting at the computer.
0: So I will switch gears a, a moment. Um, we have a question, several questions um, concerning the, our statement that you read and, question related to our diversity and inclusion committee and how the committee may help guide our members have those conversations that may be difficult but are very important open and honest conversations and how will that be implemented moving forward.
1: Yeah, so it's a really good question uh, that we don't know all the answers to, but um, I should let you know that Sean Calloway, uh, our president in the District of Columbia, and Rosie Carranza, a member of ours from Louisiana, are co-chairs of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. You can find contact information for the committee on nfb.org. Um, we're going to be, the committee is, is already talked about some activities to undertake in relationship to this. um, Those are still developing. Certainly some things will happen at the national convention, but I'd encourage you to reach out to Sean and Rosie to help guide those uh, discussions and share resources. The committee uh, is made up of members from across the federation. It's just a wealth of Uh, experience, knowledge, perspectives, and really great resources uh, that they're tracking and gathering to help that. And I think it's going to depend on the local circumstances also and, and frankly, how um, much we've been engaged in these conversations previously. But I think it's important and uh, I definitely encourage you to call on the committee for that and I'm, I'm continuing to rely on the committee and, and our black leaders to to guide uh, my own thinking about this.
0: Thank you and I, I want to thank everybody so much this evening we've had such great participation and very thoughtful questions and those sent in before and throughout this evening so We're incredibly grateful for everybody's participation and thoughtful reflections. So um, our final question, and I I just want to say before I pose this question to you, President Riccobono, that we know some questions, if we didn't have a chance to answer your question this evening, we will be following up. I want to thank our awesome communications team for all of (laughs) our hard work and all of getting those questions answered, so be assured you'll be hearing from us. And again, the presidential release will be available um, in audio and text transcript later. So, if you if there are things you need to review, it will be available. So, our, our final question tonight, President Ricamono, is what are you most looking forward to in the next year?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, well, <laughs> that's a tough question. I think. The thing that I'm most looking forward to is um, being able to gather together again in person with Federationists. Uh, There is, um, we've had some great activities, some great connections have been made, we've done some great work over the last 10 weeks, but there really is nothing like uh, the opportunity to gather together and sit in the same space together. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, certainly hoping the Washington Seminar is going to be one of the next opportunities, but maybe there uh, will be others. I'm, I'm hoping that there'll potentially be um, conventions this fall, but, uh, you know, we, we have to see. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, also, I'm, I am I have to say that... Um, I think that the energy across the Federation right now is really great. And um, the new people that are coming into the organization and finding us because of our activities, I think are gonna help change, continue to change what we do. You know, that's, we're driven by our members. And so we want more members, we want more diversity, and that continues to evolve our thinking and evolve our philosophy and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that brings. So of course to some extent I don't know what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens with it. Um, so I'm looking forward to being together.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you again everybody for the great questions and I, I know this is a, a very powerful presidential release this evening as we stand together in solidarity so thank you again president Riccobono, for your leadership for your love for your unwavering faith
1: uh, Thank you Pam appreciate it and I appreciate your um, leadership and guidance and and work on behalf of, of blind people across the country as well uh, and look forward to what we're going to do next um, I do want to say that uh, we're going to take a break. From the presidential release next month as we traditionally do because we don't want to scoop the national convention. We're going to be back in August with the release and we're thinking a lot about what the release looks like. Uh, we still want the presidential release in some way to have a presence at our chapter meetings, uh, but the live format also seems to have some Thing to offer. So if you have feedback on that, please send me an email at office of the President at NFB.org. I'm interested in that, but we will not have a release next month because we'll all be getting ready for our convention July 14 to 18. Please register by June 15th. Uh, with that, uh, I will leave you with some of our customary endings and say let's go build the National Federation of the Blind in solidarity. It's Elizabeth, and I'm gonna tell you a joke. Where do sharks go on summer vacation?
0: I don't know, the feeding ground? Finland. I took the shell off my racing snail, hoping that it would get faster. Just got more sluggish. What's the difference between a cat and a comma? I don't know, what? A cat has claws
1: at the end of their paws. A comma has a paws at the end of the
0: clause. The preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind, Office of the President at nfb.org, 410-659-9314, www.nfb.org. Let's go, Bill, the National Federation of the Blind.